the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the Big Bets on Campus podcast, the new BCS. Why BCS? Because it's Brett, Colin, Stucky, and I don't know how short this podcast is going to be because Brett's phone is on fire. We thought maybe somebody got fired. We were a little empty on, uh, you know, the number of people that were in the unemployment line this week, although West Virginia's AD is in there. Cal's offensive staff is in there. I'm going to turn it over to the guys here. I'll start with Brett. Brett, are, are we expecting phone calls on anybody this week or are we still going to be having employment and Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's not a good sign for Neil Brown when your AD gets fired with two games left. I think it's simple if they get to six and six. I think he saves his job. And if they don't win out, then he's probably not going to return because you don't bring in a new AD to keep the same coach. Stuck. I mean, Cal got rid of their offensive staff. They should have a long time ago. Uh, I can make a case that some other people should have been fired. Do you have any? Yeah, you, you have anything on your radar from a coaching? I think you and I are starting to put together bowls, right? And interim coaches are always such a big part of bowl season. Like, is there anybody on your radar here who you like as a team, or you might want to fade during bowl season? If Auburn somehow got to a bowl, I would be betting everything I have on them that, that they would have to beat out. At Alabama. <laughs> They'd have to win out Alabama, though. Um, but I think if Cadillac got them to a bowl, they would beat like an NFL team in a bowl uh, coming back from the dead. But I've, I've been betting them since Cadillac, just the energy with that team on the sideline. They were, it was like a Super Bowl after that game. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe I'll go back to the well this week with against Western Kentucky in a game that means nothing for Western Kentucky. Uh, you mentioned West Virginia and I'll just mention really quick. And it's funny how, you know, I, I actually agree. If they get the six and six and get a bowl, then Neil Brown will probably save his job, but they were, one of the like luckiest wins of the week as far as box score frauds. So like just a high variance win could end up saving his job. The other ones that I had noted for that, by the way, uh, were Wyoming, which somehow got out gained 400 to 230 by Colorado state and one by one and staying in the mountain West, Utah state beat Hawaii, uh, even though they were out gained 550 to 370. They should have lost that game. Wyoming should have lost. And Wyoming, that win, that crazy lucky win, keeps them alive. They beat Boise this week. They're in first place now. <laughs> Boise could still win the finale, and then Wyoming could lose at Fresno, and Boise would still win it. But, uh, yeah, I found that interesting. That Neil Brown might have had his job saved with that win over Oklahoma, which is kind of fluky. Everybody in the Mountain West jockeying for position to get that potato bowl spot. Brett, I want to stick on Auburn for a second. <sighs> Lane's post-game comments, we just didn't get it done. You know, like, I don't give a shit about yards. Like, I mean, he was very, very unhappy after that press conference. Is this 
do you think he was channeling? I can't get this done at Ole Miss. I could, I could, I know I could get this job done somewhere else, but maybe I can't do this at Ole Miss. Or, or do you think is it frustration with the job or just the team or what? No, it's frustrating that that was his chance to beat Saban. This is one of the the so-called weakest teams Saban has had, and he's got got him there in Oxford, and you know goes for it on fourth down early, doesn't get it, and then they need to score a touchdown late because they didn't get the field goal, and then they lose. I think it's just frustration of losing that game. That was his best chance to beat Saban, and he didn't do it. I, I don't think it has anything to do with he can't get it done at Ole Miss. You know, I keep hearing I keep hearing conflicting stuff. I keep hearing Kiffin to F- Auburn. I keep hearing Hugh Freeze to Auburn. You know, now you've got this push. You know, what Stucky has said, you've heard a lot out there. You know, Cadillac Williams, if he beats Alabama, you got to hire you got to hire him. Um, and not to take anything away from what Cadillac Williams has done, but it it reminds me of when Bill Stewart coached West Virginia in the bowl game, Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, when Rich Rod left to go to Michigan. He was a, Skip Holtz actually had the job. He told me this several years later. Skip Holtz actually had the job to be West Virginia's coach, but when West Virginia upset Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, they they steamrolled him. The AD called. Skip Holtz at like four in the morning and said, Hey, buddy, I know we had an agreement, but I've got to, I've got to keep Stewart here. And they hired, they hired Bill Stewart. And the best analogy I, I remember about that is you, you hired a painter to build a house. And obviously, Bill Stewart did not work out at West Virginia. I'm not saying Cadillac Williams would not work out at Auburn. But again, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This is where ADs are kind of leery of naming an interim coach because you may not want that guy to be your coach. And then he wins out. And then you're like, you know, oh, no, what do we do now? Yeah, the fan base will be, you know, cramming for that interim coach that got them the win, got them into a bowl, got them a bowl win. And then, you know, next thing you know, they hang around too long and they start to stink like if, you know, like (laughs) bad fish after a couple of days before I pivot to Stucky because Stucky's got. And also I mentioned Bill Stewart is fucking uh, what a. a player at Fairmount State, like in, in Cadillac Williams, if he gets this done, he's a, a legend, a player, an alum, and a legend at Auburn. So if he does get it done, that's even more of like a reason for, you know, Auburn to be like, shit, this is this guy's like a legend in our program. And, you know, Auburn beating Alabama is so much equity. And then if he were to somehow get to a bowl, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, sometimes these things happen at the end of the year and you're kind of backed into a corner if I get going. It's just really the head coaching position, I think, has changed so much in the last couple of years because I thought Sam Pittman's hire a few years ago as a CEO role where he's going to let his coordinators do the work. But now you have to be a master of the transfer portal, not just recruiting. You have to be a master of the transfer portal. It, it's becoming a more complicated job. Before I pivot to Stucky, because we have conference championships coming up in a couple of weeks. A lot of them are already penciled in. Some of them are not. Before I have Stucky break down, you know, where these battles are and what needs to happen the next two weeks, I'm going to ask Brett about his bowl projection, specifically about the Sugar Bowl. Who, Brett, I think that you had Alabama in there this week, but how is it determined that the who who do, who does the SEC what? I mean, there's a, there could be a boatload of two lost teams here. Who's going to get actually, spot? Yeah, actually, I had LSU. So basically, after the college football playoff teams are selected, then the Sugar Bowl gets the highest ranked team by the committee from the SEC and the highest ranked team from the Big 12. Rose Bowl does the same with the Pac-12 and the Big 10 after you take out those those playoff teams. After the Sugar and the Rose teams have those teams, 
the Orange Bowl gets the highest rated ACC team if they're not in the playoff. And then their opponent for the Orange Bowl is the highest ranked remaining team from either the SEC, the Big Ten, or Notre Dame. Well, you look at the rankings right now. If if Alabama wins out, they're at number what do we got them? They're at number eight, uh, excuse me, nine right now. Uh-huh. So they're not going to drop out of the top ten. LSU's at number seven. Even if they lose to Georgia, as long as they beat A and M, I think the committee will keep LSU above Bama because of the head to head. So that's why I've got yeah, LSU. A loss over Georgia is only going to strengthen your resume. Yeah, I know they're not going to LSU's not going to drop ten spots. So it looks like right now LSU. Or Bama would go to the Sugar, whoever's ranked higher, and then the whoever's not in the Sugar would go in the Orange to play the ACC champ, um, because the only teams behind those teams, Pac-12 doesn't matter, throw them out. Big Ten, well, the highest ranked Big Ten team, if you believe the winner, Ohio State, Michigan winner is in, and the loser is in the Rose Bowl, then you go all the way down to Penn State, that's currently number fourteen. Penn State's remaining schedule is not going to jump Bama. They're not going to jump LSU. And so that's why I've got Penn State going to the Cotton Bowl to play what looks to be the American champ right now. Looks like it's UCF, but certainly that's to be determined. So what you're saying is, is LSU started their season with a crossbar uh, field goal. uh, I'm sorry, point after attempt. They hit the crossbar in the Superdome and their season could end in the Sugar Bowl in the exact same spot. That would be... Just poetic for them uh, this season, and against and against the same bowl team as last year, but this year they'd probably care more. Yeah, and I and that's why I'm going to pivot to you, Stucky. It, we'll start with the SEC. It's already written in. LSU loses, they go to the Sugar Bowl. I'm sure you and I are going to be hammering that. That it's going to be a monster celebration for the Tigers to get back on track and on their way to a national championship in future years of Brian Kelly. Can we talk about some of the other conferences? I'll give you the floor here. What, what do we need to happen in certain conferences for the championship games to play out the way, you know, what, what exact, where are the big questions here this weekend? Yeah. By the way, the in Brett's bowl projections, I just wanted to throw out there North Carolina against Alabama. Oh my God. I would love North Carolina because they'd open around two touchdown underdogs and then they would close at like plus six when everyone from Alabama sits out. Yep. Um. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I was laughing at Memphis BYU 2014 Miami Bowl brawl rematch. That'd be great. Wake Forest Washington. <laughs> oh my God! As long as everyone plays he, in that game, over over 108. He had Iowa um, Kentucky. Iowa Kentucky, another under slammer. And Levis probably sits out. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know how any how they get to 30. Um, so yeah, those are some of the ones that uh, that jumped out to me. Um, Yo, by the way, the other bowl match I wanted to match, Houston against Air Force. Every year, bet the service academies and the bowls. Yep. They're always motivated. They're like 72% of the last 50 years. And Houston, Holgerson, is after a break, he's kind of like Leach. They're really bad. He's awful in bowls. And the last time Houston played a service academy in, a, in a, I mean, uh, a bowl, they gave up 70, I think, the most points yep. of all time. Oh, yeah. They, they scored every possession, 10 possessions, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I would love to get Air Force against Houston. And I would assume like Toon, maybe Dell, sit out too. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. All right. Uh, yeah, let's go through here. AAC, UCF just needs to win one of its final two games to punch their ticket. They're home against Navy and at USF. And they will likely play the winner of Tulane Cincy next week. SMU and Houston do still have a chance. Believe it or not, Houston does. They would both need to, you know, either has to win out 
they would have to hope Tulane beat Cincy, and then there would be a big tiebreaker, which would come down to the highest-ranked team. So doubtful that it would be Houston or SMU. If you're a Houston or SMU fan, you probably got to hope Temple beats Cincy. Most likely scenario, it's going to be UCF versus winner of Cincy versus Tulane. And the bounce house. And the bounce house, In the bounce house. Uh, Locked up in the ACC, North Carolina, Clemson. Big 12 TCU's already clinched a spot. They will face Kansas State if Kansas State simply wins out. They're at West Virginia, home against Kansas. uh, So Kansas State TCU, the most likely matchup. If Kansas State drops one of those two, could open the door for Texas, Baylor, or Oklahoma State, who's somehow still alive. Texas needs to win out at Kansas, home against Baylor, and then hope both Kansas State and Oklahoma State lose at least one more game. Oklahoma State has to win out and hope Kansas State loses out. Very unlikely. And then Baylor has to win out, hope Kansas State loses out, and hope Oklahoma State loses at least one more game. You're most likely looking at Kansas State TCU, about a 10% chance you get Texas, very small chance you get uh, Oklahoma State or Baylor. So North Carolina Clemson, I project on a neutral seven and a half. So if you see look ahead lines out there, seven and a half would be the number on that. And then the most competitive game in the Big 12 that you just mentioned, TCU, Kansas State, TCU would be favored by five. Yeah, Big 10, obviously winner of Ohio State, Michigan wins the East. The West is a, is a, a crazy mess. Produced about 50% to win it. They have to win out, hope Iowa loses out, or loses one of their two games. You know, it's it's crazy. I'll have a piece out. I'm not going to go through all the scenarios. Wisconsin even has a chance, but it's like a 1% chance. It's Purdue 50%, then like Iowa 30%, Minnesota has a chance. It's it's crazy. Big time. Everyone wants to know, where, where's Illinois, though? Everyone wants to know, are they out? Illinois is, in order for Illinois to win it, I'll tell you right now, hold on. And all of those teams that Stucky mentioned, uh, none of them would be within 21 points of Ohio State. I, I should be, just shouldn't have to, you know, say that. But uh, definitely, I, the, the numbers though on all these teams that he just mentioned are around 24. So if you see anything above that, like close to 28, it's pretty inflated, which is probably what that Big Ten championship is going to be. Yeah, Iowa likes has to like their chances because they just have to. If they win out, they win out. They just have to have Purdue lose. Excuse me, they have to have Illinois lose one game because they own the tiebreaker. Um, over Purdue, they don't against Illinois, but Illinois plays Michigan. So if Iowa wins out and Illinois loses to Michigan, then Iowa wins it. Purdue has to win out and have Iowa lose to either Minnesota or Nebraska. There's a couple scenarios where there's 256 total scenarios, but there's a couple scenarios where Purdue gets in at one and one, highly unlikely. Illinois needs to beat Michigan to have a shot at the West. However, if it's all decided by tiebreakers, they have a good chance. So they need other teams to lose. And they overall, they have like a 10, 10 to 12% chance to win. I was like 28%. Purdue is about 50%. Minnesota is about 10%. And Wisconsin is less than 0.05%. I mean, they need almost everything possible to go their way. So big time West is wild. Conference USA... You have, uh, because FAU beat FIU, UTSA did not clinch, but they just need to win one of their final two games. They're at Rice and home against UTEP. They're likely going to be in the conference title, and they're going to be hosting it. And they will either play North North Texas or Western Kentucky. North Texas on a bye. Western Kentucky's at Auburn. Games mean nothing this week. North Texas and Western Kentucky are tied. So all North Texas has to do is win its finale at home against Rice. They're in. If not, if Western Kentucky wins their finale 
at Florida Atlantic. They're in. Florida Atlantic actually stalls a chance. They need to win out. They got to win at Middle Tennessee State. They got to beat Western Kentucky at home. And then they got to hope North Texas loses to Rice. And Florida Atlantic's actually in the championship against UTSA. Yeah, so UTSA would be the most competitive game would be against Western Kentucky. Home field advantage, a rematch of last year. That would be around a three and a half point spread. UTSA against North Texas, eight and a half there for the Roadrunners. And then it just gets larger and larger for Florida Atlantic. Yeah, the MAC, Toledo's already clinched the West. The East, Ohio's in control. They have a one game lead over Buffalo and Bowling Green. They already beat Buffalo. So if they beat Bowling Green next week, then they're in. If they beat Ball State this week and Bowling Green loses at Toledo, which is likely, Ohio will clinch before next week. Due to tiebreakers, Buffalo needs to win out and hope Ohio loses out. And Bowling Green needs to win out and hope Buffalo loses out. Believe it or not, Kent State has a chance because they already beat Ohio and they already beat Bowling Green. And they play Buffalo. So if there is a tie here, a four-way tie, Kent State wins it because they would have wins over everyone else. So all they need to happen, they need Ohio to lose out, Bowling Green and Ball State. And uh, all of a sudden, Kent State and Kent State obviously has to win out, which includes a game at Buffalo. Not the craziest thing, uh, but not very likely. Yeah, so Toledo would uh, obviously be favorites in all of these games. Toledo against Ohio, minus three in favor of the Rockets. That'd be the most competitive game. Toledo against Buffalo, minus eight in favor of the Rockets. Keep an eye out. I know I know that we're going to have a Mac live show before Mac starts tomorrow night. Ohio and Ball State has some really bad weather coming from Muncie, Indiana. It's snowing and sleeting here in Oklahoma. That will all be a part of Muncie, Indiana tomorrow. So uh, I've already put in an over in that game just as a side note because there's no wind. Yeah, that should favor Ball State too with yep. their run game. Uh, and Ohio's knows still. Like I know that they can win, if, but Ohio knows that if they just take care of business next week at home against Bowling Green, the division is theirs. Okay, Mountain West, uh, after all the chaos during the season, it looks like we're going to get Fresno-Boise. Uh, Fresno, uh, well, first, Boise and Wyoming play, and they both control their own destiny. If Boise beats Wyoming, they clinch it. If Wyoming beats Boise and then beats Fresno to end the year, uh, then they would win it. Boise can either beat Wyoming or lose that game, beat Utah State, and have Wyoming lose to Fresno. So it's likely going to be Boise. And in the West, Fresno is a one-game lead over San Diego State and San Jose State. But they already beat them. So they just need to beat Nevada this week, which they will do. Uh, and they're going to win it. So it looks like Fresno, Boise. Yeah, Boise would be a four and a half point favorite over Fresno State if you're looking for look ahead lines there. And SEC, we already mentioned Georgia LSU. What do you got that right now? Uh, 15 and a half. Uh, Pac 12 is interesting, but I'll tease the piece. I'm going to have a piece out tomorrow. So you got to read, go to actionnetwork.com or the Action Network app to read it. And then finally, the Sun Belt, uh, Coastal's already clinched the East. And the West is South Alabama and Troy tied at five and one. But Troy beat South Alabama, which means they just need to win out. They got ULM and then are at Arc State to clinch the division. South Alabama, meanwhile, would need to win out. They're at Southern Miss, home against Old Dominion, and hope for a Troy loss. So those are your uh, Sun Belt. Coastal and Troy, maybe the, be- the the most even conference championship there could be that would be projected as a pick uh, on Coastal's home field. And then I will obviously dependent on McCall's status too. Yeah, obviously have Grayson McCall. Uh, he's he got to be worth more this spread than I think anybody in college football. I mean, when we we saw a ten point jump, that that was legit. Which should lead us into injuries. Uh, yep. I I got the one I wanted to mention 
and kind of maybe a box score fraud too. Um, and by the way, ULM, another double digit. They overcame another double digit. They had a guy on their team had a pick six and a punt block return for a touchdown. And then they hit like a 58-yarder to win it uh, over Georgia State. Um, Quay Drake, by the way, had a monster game. Pick six and a block punt recovery for a touchdown. Uh, I would the quarterback injuries I wanted to mention. Bo Nix got hurt in like the final play. I think I don't know if we'll be okay. I don't know if you have info on that. I, I also wanted to. Looks like you all more info on this, but KJ Jefferson. It looks like he was like practicing today, and then yep. uh, Pittman said he's like, going to play Saturday, which is big. And then the other one I'll mention is, and I, I should have mentioned at the top of the show, stuff going on with Virginia. Thoughts with anyone impacted by the tragedy there, um, of course. So hope everything. Uh, I'm glad that they got the the shooter in custody, but just a catastrophic tragic situation there and uh no good way to transition from that but the other one was uh malik cunningham people don't realize that he got hurt the first half they were down 17 10 driving and they threw a half a wide receiver pass on third and six at the 35 of clemson they're on 17 10 and then they punt at the 35 as a touchback horrendous decision and then at the end of the half cunningham was a wide open run for a touchdown the time was running out and he fell tripped got the turf monster and he got hurt um and then he didn't come back and their offense is a disaster in the second half his status is up in the air for this weekend so uh you don't think you don't think it's any games for with Pittman you think Jefferson's going to play this week uh so if you listen to his full presser he said there's going to be a heavy competition for between Cade Fortin and Malik Hornsby at the second in case KJ Jefferson can't go on Saturday, like he left the door open for KJ to not play. And he's not being specific about what's wrong with KJ said. He's going to practice and he'll have to have his decision made by Wednesday. What's interesting last week is that he said, we made the decision on Friday that we're turning it over to Malik Hornsby. And I, none of that leaked anywhere. It didn't leak in the market. Uh, that thing didn't leak until about five minutes before kickoff. So Pittman really held his cards close to his chest. I can't figure out what they're doing with KJ. I can't figure out what's wrong with KJ. It's almost as mysterious, and, and if Brett wants to comment here, as what's going on with Spencer Sanders? Why is Spencer Sanders not available? Oh, I forgot to game? bring this up. Inactive Spencer Sanders. What does that mean? Inactive doesn't Sources. mean anything. Sources. Willis Reed for any old school guys out there. Look, I, I think the plan was that they were going to rest Sanders these past two weeks and try to get him 100% for the Oklahoma game for Bedlam. And, you know, Kansas didn't work out. You know, Wrangell makes his first career start. He gets banged up. So Gundy's kid starts against Iowa State. And just the offense was horrific. They couldn't do anything. And so basically, I just it sounds like he's like, oh, if you want me to go in, I'll go in. Certainly wasn't at 100%. Nobody expected him to play. It surprised everybody that I talked to there in Stillwater. But, uh, you know, give him credit, Stuck. I know no, you're, you're on the clones. But um, – I'm guess you know, I haven't heard anything today from Gundy, but you know, if Sanders can walk, he'll play against Oklahoma. There's nothing more funny in my text messages than Brett uh <laughs> writing a total on a game where he was sure Spencer Sanders was not gonna play. Uh so yeah, by the way, that that game, yeah, that that made me so mad. I, my round robin, which I got a lot of shit on, finally shit the bed. I had Cunningham get hurt, and then I got Spencer Sanders come in uh and and lead the game and touchdown but by the way that game Oklahoma State had 11 first downs and 240 yards in that game <laughs> the the two teams Iowa State ran it 36 times this includes some sacks 36 times for 59 yards Oklahoma State ran it 35 times for 57 yards both have averaged 1.6 yards per carry 
Uh, just a hilarious game. But when I saw him coming in. I was like, what the fuck? Sources. I think I said a text right off to you guys. A couple of uh, injury news I think that are important. Uh, non-quarterbacks that are, are at least important to me from a handicap perspective. Uh, Jameer Gibbs for Alabama. He was limited in the sideline the second half. He had a twisted ankle. Uh, we'll see if he'll be ready for the Iron Bowl. Uh, should be enough time, whatever happened there with his ankle. Running back Keaton Mitchell with East Carolina. Uh, did not. I did not get the cover with Cincy because Keaton Mitchell is an animal. Uh, he took a targeting yeah. shot in the third quarter. Uh, he was helped off with trainers. Uh, so we don't know like the extent of the injury, if he has concussion protocol or anything, but uh, that's definitely one to watch from a quarterback perspective. Adrian Martinez came out of the game for Kansas state, but will Howard cleaned up that game. Nice. Brett Gabbard from Miami, Ohio was out on the final play of the game. He was sacked. So it could be back to Avion Smith or some of the other quarterbacks they have uh, behind him. Jason Bean for Kansas took a hit and they had to have the third, but we, we thought Brett that uh, Jalen Daniels is ready to come back. I don't think we've seen like we, we haven't seen Jalen Daniels completely come back in. I don't know if they're going to hold him off to the bowl. I don't know if they're going to play him this week. I don't know what Kansas is doing there, but uh, you know, Jason Bean got hurt there. So with a sack and a fumble, he was replaced. Uh, Leopold today, Leopold today on Daniels. He's close. He's taking more and more reps. He went today. He's at the point where he could play at a level that's going to allow him to play freely. Yeah. He's close, but not a hundred percent. So yeah. Look, so man, Just hold him for here. the bowl, hold him for the bowl. So we can all cash that ticket. The last one I'm going to mention, if things couldn't get any worse for Nebraska, uh, Chubba Purdy uh, went down after a scramble in the second quarter. Uh, Logan Smothers finished the game, uh, not successfully, but did finish the games there. So uh, there will definitely be no contrarian Nebraska tickets coming out of my wallet uh, in the next two weeks. As a reminder, the big bets on campus podcast is proudly presented by bet MGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, with that, we're going to get to... I, I don't think we're having a, a new BCS, a BBOC new BCS next week with Thanksgiving week. Uh, so this might be one of my last chances to get caught up. We're going to turn it over to Brett for sources. <laughs> Stumper. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. There you go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Thanks, Colin. Uh, this is America's favorite game show for everyone except Colin Wilson. The sources Stumper checking out the latest leaderboard. Stucky commanding 36 to 25 lead. 
Uh, I can't remember what the spread was at the start of the season, but I know you're covering. <laughs> and speaking of covering, this week's question, good teams win, great teams cover. So what I'm looking for, there are seven teams this year that are perfect on the road against the spread. None of these teams have any pushes, so that means TCU 4-0-1 is not included in the seven teams. Colin, yep, you know the drill. You're trailing. You can go first, and remember, no Googling. See, I was going to go TCU because they've been a covering animal. You just, I, I'm going to try to get teams that – Pushed against pushed against Kansas. Yeah, so that doesn't count, huh? Does not uh, count. Syracuse. No. Stuck? I'm going to go a team that never covers at home, and this is kind of tricky because this game – wasn't I just faded them, but it wasn't on the road. Notre Dame was at in Baltimore, and they've the rest of their road games they've covered. I think Notre Dame is correct, Stuck. That was a neutral game, so that did not count. But they have actually covered six true road games in a row. That is the longest streak in the country. And believe it or not, the Fighting Irish are the most profitable team against the spread on the road since 2017. Uh, I will give you guys a hint because this is pretty tough. Category. I don't need any more hints. I don't need hints for a while. It's it's only one of the remaining six teams has a losing record straight up. Yeah, so I know it's not South Florida. I'll go with, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I could already count that one out. Go with my favorite coach. Let's go with Florida. You are correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Florida has played only two road games. Yeah. At Tennessee, oh, know that. at Texas a Georgia. Georgia's a oh, neutral Georgia's site. In, yeah, they covered neutral that. Neutral site. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It's a neutral site. Yeah. So they yeah. go at Vandy this week. Get Florida is correct. Colin, good job. Stuck? Uh, the team that has covered all year for me, except for last week. And the only other game they didn't cover was home against Southern Miss when I had Southern Miss. Talking about the green wave, Tulane. Correct. They are, they are 4-0. On the road... They are the only team of the seven that has won and covered every game on the road this year. They're 4-0, straight up and against a spread on the road. Go Green Wave. I'm going to go with the team that I know has been an absolute cover machine this year, and I have no clue about the home road split, so I'll say Central Florida. That no, is not ECU. correct. ECU, they got trucked. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, You're going to get torched. It's kind of cheating because I know this one because I am – writing up the game today and i think i don't know it for sure but i was just looking at this team i think western kentucky is at auburn this week and i'm gonna bet auburn i think they've covered every road game that's right they've actually uh they're tied with another school you haven't named five and oh against spread four and one straight up on the road for the hilltoppers who needs bailey zappy I will go with the team that just blew out my best bet on BBOC on Saturday. That would be Florida State over Syracuse. Very good, Colin. 4-0 against the spread on the road. 3-1 straight up. Only the close loss to North Carolina State where that should have been a straight up one too. We got Mm. two left. They are both group of five schools. I'm going to go this team they covered the – going back to my – I was thinking about Notre Dame. Well, they didn't cover. They didn't cover at home against UNLV. I think UNLV closed. Yeah, they clo- They got covered by a couple points. I'm gonna go UNLV. I can't think of a road game they didn't cover. Uh, that's not correct, Stuck. Colin. I'll go Northern Illinois. That is not correct, Stuck. But there's one game they didn't cover. I don't know what. I forget the game they didn't cover. UConn. I forget who they didn't cover against. 
Is that your guess? It covered at UMass. No, that was at home. Yeah, my guess is UConn. Uh, that is not right. It's not UConn. Who did they not cover against? Oh, Michigan. Didn't they come close to covering at Michigan? I know they didn't. That's the game <laughs> I forgot. But I think they did. Didn't they have a chance at a backdoor? Con, do you remember that line? They were, no, they were getting 47 and a half and they lost 59 and nothing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. That was, oh, I was gonna say, uh, okay, so I'll give you, give you another hint. One team is in the American. One team is in the Sun Belt. Colin? Uh, how about I do a team that is covering machine? That's the only thing I know this year. And they've taken money out of my pocket. So I'll go with Troy. Nice. Troy, 5-0. and oh, Tied with Western Kentucky for the most ATS wins on the road. Lost straight up at Ole Miss and App State. But covered. And then they've won on the road at Western, South Alabama, and Louisiana. So stuck. We got one left. It is an I know it is. American team. Yeah, I know what it is. Good. This will transition right into the one for the road. So I'll be betting him <laughs> again this week as more than two touchdown favorites, and they're great as a dog, and they're always a big dog on the road this year. Uh, the Navy midshipmen. That's right, Navy. 4-0, ATS. They've actually covered five in a row. Um, going back to last year, second longest road streak. This year, 4-0. ATS, one and three, straight up. So nice job, Colin. Nice job, Stuck. Stuck, you you still have a commanding lead. And uh, you're right. Now, one for the road. Yeah, so for one for the road, we give you a pick early in the week. We record on a Monday. We are 17 and eight. We should be doing our live BBOC show on Mondays and not on Saturdays. <laughs> Um, Stuck, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, if you're going to do a weekday game, I haven't got all, to all my weekday games again, and I've already teased this a million times. Um, I'm going with Navy on the road, catching 16 and a half against UCF. Insert team. I don't care. It's UCF. It's Navy catching over two touchdowns. This year, they've caught, they've they've been, I think, over two touchdowns, over two touchdowns um, on the road or on a neutral site five times. And they've, I think they've, what was the Notre Dame score? Yeah, they lost every, no, they lost to Cincy by 10. And then all the other games were decided by seven points or less. So they're 5-0 and against the spread this year, away from home, either uh, when they're catching over two touchdowns. Go back 20 years. Talked about this on the live show uh, on Saturday. Service Academy catching over two touchdowns, uh, 65% against the spread. They'll limit the possessions. And also, their run D is legit, and they're going to get torched a little bit through the air, but they can at least slow down UCF, and I think that they'll, have, they'll put some drives together, and it's just a pesky team that anytime I can catch over two touchdowns with them, I'm taking it. Just like last week, best bet early week is Navy. All right, I'm going to – the number that I make on Thursday night is spot on with three. Uh, Tulane's defense is great in coverage, and that's what SMU is going to try to press. So, if anything, I would take Tulane at three. Uh, but as of now, it's a no play, especially at three and a half. So, I'm going to set off on that one on Friday, though. You guys know what I'm doing. I'm taking a San Diego State, New Mexico over. Holy, shit. it's Collins Wilson's wet dream. 
And San Diego State hit the over by itself. Uh, I I can't get enough of this Aztecs and this offense. And you know what? They're allowing everyone to score. Now, I don't know if we can get New Mexico to help here. 65% rush rate on the season. Um, you know, San Diego State's, you know, pretty good at limiting rush explosiveness, pretty good at limiting rush, uh, defensive stuff rate. They're, they're good at stopping the run. So I'm not sure if New Mexico contributed this over. So I would say look in the app, but I'll go ahead and make an official play. I'll put it in the app. It's going to be an over 39 and a half, but I think I'm going to put more money on San Diego State team total over whenever that's available later in the week. But officially, we'll make it San Diego State, New Mexico over. Uh, the, view, the views of Colin Wilson do not uh, reflect this podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, actually, Colin, I'm going to. New Mexico is good for like a couple touchdowns, like giving them up too. They're not, like, they're not good for punt. anything. I'm no, going to throw a pick six or something. Right. They'll, they'll drop a punt. And stuck. I, I love your pick. Cause, cause UCF's coming off the huge win against Tulane. They've got the war on I four with dreadful USF next week. Uh, they could already be looking towards the American championship. So I like that. Colin, I'm going to, I'm going to take San Diego state over team total. So I'll take the other side of it. And then I'm going to give a bonus pick. Uh, so tail or fade, whatever you want. Uh, UCLA Bruins, when this thing opened, it was they were getting four. I think it's under three now. I still like UCLA. I just think they're the better team. I know they lost to Arizona. You guys have talked about it. You've documented it. USC's defense is horrible. DTR today said, you know, they want to put up 60. <laughs> no trash talk. And they did it last year. I just think UCLA is the better team. They're coming off a loss. Everyone's uh, UCLA is no good anymore. USC is way overrated, in my humble opinion. Number eight in the college football playoff rankings. Give me a break. They haven't beat anybody this year. Um, 0-1 against top 25 opponents. They've only played one. So give me UCLA plus the points and then San Diego State team total. Con, I'll ask you a question about this that set you up. but Because I I just wanted to get in that the the Pac-12 bylaws state that USC has to lose this game. Uh, the cannibalization bylaws but uh yeah they should be able to run wild because the usc rundy is so bad poverty poverty and yeah. so Con, i want to get your thoughts on it and then also how much does die matter because he's out uh the way austin jones is running uh he has just as much explosiveness he has just as much yards after contact so i'm not and travis die is amazing i mean he is a unbelievable running back but there's not that big of a drop off there so i mean it wasn't really that big of a handicap into this game and I, Stuck, I don't know if you feel this way. I am 100% behind Brett on this UCLA pick. And the reason it's not in the app is because I have a USC under nine and a half wins. So I am financially heavily invested in UCLA winning this game and Notre Dame winning in the next week. Uh, I think as a gambler, you know, you need to pay attention to your financials because if I double it up and go even heavy on UCLA this week, UC, USC wins this game. I'm actually losing a ton financially. So I 100% endorse Brett. I need it just as bad. Stuck, how do you feel about the US, UCLA USC? Yeah, I'm still still diving in a little bit. Uh, but initial thoughts is uh UCLA and uh yeah. as a dog here. And like the USC pass defense has some redeeming qualities, but that might it's not gonna matter. UCLA should be and then it was nice to see uh Charbonnet just go nuts last week. He ran he ran for because he missed, I think, the game before, and he had what 190 yards rushing three touchdowns had nine catches so looks like he's clearly healthy uh yeah i'm excited to jump back in here on ucla i have think back to shades of dtr when they were 
running it up on Utah. And he just kept on the sidelines saying, this is my city. This is my city. <laughs> so I'm excited for him to come out and show what he's got after saying he's also now going to put up 60. You see the opening total on this game? What is it, 73? It opened, it opened 82 and a half. 82. It's down, it, it's yeah. down yeah. But it's we talked about – yeah. And we talked about on the on Saturday's show about the respect between Kiffin and Saban, so that would likely keep the score down if a team got up. That it, is, this is the opposite. This is the to quote George Costanza, do the opposite. This is the opposite. If either Lincoln's, we already saw what Lincoln did against Colorado, scoring with a minute to go to cover. Yeah. Chip Kelly is not going to take his foot off the gas, and you you nailed it perfectly. Stuck talking about DTR. He he, it's Monday and he's already talking. Talking trash, saying he wants to score 60. I can't wait for that game. Well, I think we've tipped our hand on BBOC Live Show on Saturday, <laughs> what we're going to do. Uh, I am going to uh, end it there. Uh, that is the BBOC, the new BCS. Thank you to Brett. Thank you to Stucky. Get those bets in early, and we will talk to you guys later. Cheers. Cheers.